this is going to be a crazy story for a bit. So then how can I best prepare? And I would say inner sovereignty, get out of the chaos, come back, work with your inner world, listen to your inner intuition, your inner wisdom, because it's everybody can access the truth within. The truth is inside, not out there. It's not go in and practice working with your inner world and coming back to sovereignty and getting out of the chaos because it's not going to settle down out there and it's going to happen and recognize that we do affect the world hi everyone my name is natalie thomas i am a corporate yoga and meditation teacher oracle card reader and wellness mentor and your host of the now with nat podcast Here on the show, we are about cultivating consciousness and bringing more awareness about mindfulness and spirituality into everyday life. We provide insights on how you can tap into your own personal power and ignite the transformation from within. The guests taking part of the show have greatly inspired me, touched my life, and assisted me on my journey so far. I hope through sharing their stories, work, and knowledge, you too will uncover your soul's purpose and be guided towards self-realization. Now sit back, relax, and get ready for an awakening experience and a newfound sense of inner awareness. Welcome to the Now With That podcast. And today we are discussing all things astrology, moon cycles, what we have in store astrologically for the rest of 2022 and more. And I am super pumped for today's guest, Paula Shaw. And I wanted to share a little introduction before we dive right into today's episode. For over 10 years, Paula has dedicated her life to guiding and supporting people through astrology, tarot, and intuition. After thousands of sessions and sitting with people from all over the world, Paula began noticing how people seemed to be moving in greater cycles in similar ways. This naturally led Paula to wanting to really understand these cycles a little bit more. Paula now spends time studying and helping people understand how these greater cycles work and how to navigate the cycles in our daily lives. This has led to her supporting people on their personal journeys with rituals connected to these cycles as a way of taking back our own power. Paula, welcome to the show. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me on your show. And thank you for doing this work where you give space for conversations like this, where we get to talk about all these esoteric things and cycles and, you know, and really try to bring it down into a a conversation Mm -hmm. that we can all make sense of together and relate to. So thank you. Absolutely. And thank you again so much for being on the show. I'm very, very excited for our conversation today. I know I have a lot to ask (laughs) and I'm sure everyone listening is like, what is going on right now? But really quickly, where are you currently based? I'm currently based in Brisbane in Australia, the sunniest city in the world. However, we've had loads of rain lately. Oh, wow. (laughs) But I work online like you and actually my clients are global. So I work with people all over the world. I'm really blessed to sit with people from all different 
religions, you know, races, mm-hmm. cultures. It's just extraordinary thanks to technology. It's incredible. Absolutely. I love that. And as you mentioned, I've worked with you when I've been based in South America, <laughs> when I've lived in, gosh, what you <laughs> been in the US, when I've been in Asia. So thankfully for technology, now we're a lot more connected. Before we get into everything, you know, from astrology and tarot, I would just love to hear a little bit of how you really got started on your journey. Cause I know you've been in this space now for a little bit of time too. So I'm sure you've seen so many changes and it's probably been such an immense journey for you over the last, you know, how many years? Absolutely. So my first experience of astrology was in the late eighties, early Mm nineties, and it was through teen magazines Wow. And reading horoscopes. I know. And I just remember reading these articles and reading my horoscope and just knowing, I mean, I can't really explain it. It was really just this, oh my goodness, this is it. There's something to this. And I just was so into it from the beginning. There was never a point where I wasn't interested. And I wasn't so much interested in horoscopes. You know, I would read on Sunday, you're going to meet the man of your dreams and Sunday would come around. And you know what it's like as a teenager. And I did not meet the man of my dreams. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I let go of horoscopes really young. I mean, I would still read it, but not with this, like, this is what astrology means to me. What really opened up. And then when the tarot came in, which was again, around this similar age of my mid-teens, When the tarot entered into my life, which was gifted to me and just opened up another beautiful space, I remember just really wanting to dive into symbology, really diving into the mythology and the stories and the archetypes. Now, I wouldn't say it like that back then. This is, you know, adult Paula looking back and reflecting on what was really exciting for me with that. But what I loved about it, Natalie, was it gave me an option to think outside of the world that I was in and my my suffering, my deep angst, my deep, like, you know, we all go through something in our teens. And for me, this gave me an out without having to escape through other things, which I dabbled with drugs and all the cool Mm -hmm. teenage things. But I really found it just opened up something in my being. And I knew it wasn't about predictions and horoscopes, but I just, I just needed to dive into it to help me see the world in another way. It's very interesting, the difference and the distinction between horoscopes and astrology, because I think a lot of times people put the two together, right? They're like, oh, you mentioned astrology. And they're like, I don't care what my horoscope says or something. And it's different. Like it's a different way of understanding. And even from such a young age to have that like, you know, spark interest within you and have that be an outlet for you. So you have this interest, you're like, okay, like, you know, I'm a teen, I'm, I'm kind of like going through you know, normal teenage things. What led you to go deeper into really learning about astrology? Your point before the mm-hmm. distinction between yes. horoscopes and what, what are horoscopes actually, because astrology is that broader umbrella. And it's such a good point. Thank you for for raising that. Horoscopes are where astrologers look at the cycles, the current transits, and they compare those transits and those cycles to your birth chart. To You can think of your natal chart, your 
personal horoscope when you were born, the right. exact time you were born as a snapshot of the sky at the exact moment you were born. And then horoscopes come in, well, when the astrologer is looking at your chart and how the planets relate to your personal chart. When you just really quickly, when you read the horoscopes in magazines and online right now, magazines, I'm still back in the 80s. No, there's online oh, cool. magazines. I'm not showing too much of my age. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> but when you read the horoscopes in that general online platforms based on the day you were born, that is based on where the sun is in your chart and it's not going to be super accurate and it's quite a, it's what I would say is if you really want to work with horoscopes to try to get more accurate with how it could relate to you personally, you need to know your ascendant and your rising sign. Many, many people know this now, but you can only get that when you know your exact time of birth and you can go and enter your details and you look for the AC on your in the online programs and you find out what sign that is. It's not always the same as your son. It's often different. And then read horoscopes for your rising. So I just want to give that little tip because when you're reading horoscopes for the sun, it's everybody born in that, that exactly. month. Exactly. It's what is the difference really between your sun and your ascendant? Yeah. So the sun is again, that's based on the day you were born. So there's right. yeah, it's so it's when the sun is moving through a part of the sky yes. for a month. So that's the the 12 months. And your rising is based again, like I said, on the actual time you were born. Right. And it's the horizon of when you're born, it's where the horizon was, where the sun was about to oh, rise. Yeah, it's like the birthing point, the dawn in your chart. So that is when you're in astrology, when you're looking at horoscopes, which as I said before, mm. horoscope astrology is very different to, to your personality or some people call it psychology mm -hmm. based on your birth chart. Mm -hmm. As I said, the horoscopes, we need your exact time of birth so we can look at the relationship of where the planets are right now in the sky with regard to your birth chart. And we've noticed that there's these themes and these patterns, like everybody has, well, most people have heard about the Saturn return, which happens when we're around 28, 29. And that is a cycle when Saturn comes back to exactly where it was on the day you were born. It takes about 29 years to do that through the cycle. And so we've noticed over many years that around 28, 29, something really big shifts for people. Either they get married, change career, take on a course, but they get serious. Saturn's a real serious lord of time. He's the lord of karma. He is coming in saying, how is that working for you? Right. So we've noticed over the years these patterns. So it, it's really, like you said, it's so interesting and I can talk about that for hours, but yeah. Oh my God. I did, I have chill bumps when you talk about that too, just because, yeah. and that's just like one great example that you gave us. And I remember when, after I went through my Saturn return, that's when I left the States. <laughs> talk about like a huge life change, right? Like I quit my it job. Is. I was living in LA and I moved to Santiago, Chile. And yeah. it was like, when I turned 30, the thing about astrology too, is it's so 
in depth. And so like, there's so much material to even study and to go over. Cause even myself, I've been, you know, diving deep into astrology now a lot with astrocartography and boy, it is like a never ending, exciting and learning journey. So how did you really take this information and where did you get started to really grow into your business as being an astrologer? I'm not just an astrologer. I get what you're saying. Just to clarify, I see myself as a, honestly, I'm not just being humble, but I am a student. Mm-hmm. forever of astrology I remember an yeah. old Indian <laughs> saying that you can one person can never know all of astrology in one lifetime never and when I heard that years ago it took this pressure off and I kind of just went let me just journey with this ne- almost never-ending rich you know learning experience and but to to answer your question for me when it actually became my career, my vocation, firstly, it started for me working in this world as a, a guide to people on their journey in life. Really, all I'm trying to do in my work is just trying to help people make sense of their lives, really. And I use astrology as a tool and I also use tarot as a tool, but mostly it's just sitting with people and tuning into them and their life story. But when it really sunk in as a career was I was actually, look, okay, so I started really young as I shared earlier. Yes. <laughs> and then I tried to be really normal, Natalie. Oh I tried my gosh. I know I failed. And where normal started to fall apart for me was at my Saturn return. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, my marriage ended. I had three children. So my early 20s, I had children young. 22, I had my first beautiful son and I had three children by 26, 27. And then 28, 29, my marriage ended and it was very difficult. I was trying so hard to be normal. I was like, I'm not going to be a crazy gypsy tarot card reading reading witch. I'm normal. And what ended up happening was reality said, stop it. You're not being authentically you. And so that broke down and I didn't go into this career straight away. I then tried to be really normal. I kept trying. <laughs> and I started, I went into like career, a career of being a personal trainer because the essence that was always there was I want to help people feel good. Mm-hmm. Started there and then wove its way through. Long story short, I went and started studying psychology because these really esoteric experiences were beginning to happen. I was doing one-on-one personal training sessions and I was tuning into their soul and I knew if these people didn't look within they're not going to lose weight weight isn't diet weight is not exercise it is all in the mind and I was getting frustrated so I went okay and at the time I'm reading cards I'm reading astrology I'm out there going that's just my hobby so I go to university I start my degree in psychology the first year is great I go full-time single mom trying to make a living Mm -hmm. so in the summer break I had a woman at at university go, Paula, give these guys a call. And she handed me this piece of paper with a phone number and a name. So I rang these people and she's like, they do weekend card reading. I know. And I went, look, I'm doing it. This will be good for my psychology because we were doing very hands-on in, you know, counseling therapy. It was really yeah, we were we were actually practicing as therapists and not just doing the academic great university. So I went, okay, I'll do this for the summer, earn some cash, 
and then I'll go back and be normal and I'll be a normal psychologist. Well, Paula, I used to go to these like meet the weekend fairs when I lived in Atlanta, when I was living my double life like 10 years ago. So I understand. I was living a double life. You yeah. Get <laughs> exactly. so, going. <laughs> so I went in and I'm like, no one needs to know. So I went in and I did it. And the the people that ran the, the affair, they were like, they went ching ching. I think dollar signs. They're like, you're really good at this. You should come on tour with us, you'll earn more money. And they said the thing that really got me, you will help more people doing this than you will as a psychologist. And I went back and I went, you know what? Everything in my body was like, I've got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I had some big astrology going on at that time as well, which was just let go of your stories. And I just sat down and I went, okay, I'll do this for one year. (laughs) Yes. This is in 2010. I'll do this for 2009. I said, I'll do this for one year and then I'll go back to being normal. So I went on the tour. I went on the road. I ran away to the psychic circus. Love it. And I went on this extraordinary journey with witches, healers. I learned so much. I was like doing on average 15 sessions a day, sometimes 21, just reading, 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 just like this factory line of, Psychic slavery, one of my yeah. aunt, my aunties said. <laughs> I love it's, that. I just went in deep and I haven't stopped since. So it's wow. become my full time. I don't think I've even gone a week without doing a reading since wow. then. I've done so many and I'm so grateful because I just got to jump in, get out of my head mm-hmm. and show up and help people and just get into it. So that's how it ended up being to where I am now. And that's so that's so brave of you too, just because just even I can resonate with that from my personal experience in 2012, living in Atlanta, Georgia, I had my awakening, right? And I was 24 and I'm like, what's, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And I wanted to tell everybody I'm getting all these readings and people are like, you're crazy. <laughs> and now it's just completely changed my life and it yeah. has evolved so much, but for you just to be like, you know what? I'm joining the psychic circus. I'm going to do it and bring on these readings, like 15 a day. Like, wow, that's incredible. It was a true apprenticeship, a true get in and just scrub the dishes and start with, you know, this really, you know, intense experience. But I have to be honest with you and anyone listening. I didn't really just lean in still. I was still struggling Mm -hmm. with this you know, story of being normal and I'm not a gypsy witch. So I went into that and then I moved to Bali three years into this process and I actually did a plant medicine journey. I sat with ayahuasca Mm -hmm. and in this journey, she took me deep in and and she said, Paula, just be who you are. Mm -hmm. I think this was 2014 at this point was when I had this experience and the medicine showed me that I was always this gypsy witch story. You know, like, I don't know if this is true, but my experience in that altered state was that she showed me, it's like they dropped me in to every life as this. She's like, why are you fighting who you are, what you are? Just be it. And Natalie, at that point, I said, that's it. I'm just going to be a goddamn gypsy witch. And that's it. And I surrendered to it fully. So it, 
this has been a big journey. And I want to share this for anyone listening that's, and you, you're sharing your mm-hmm. version of this. But what I want people to, to hopefully be inspired by was when I said, hell yeah, I'm going to be this gypsy witch, mm-hmm. something really magical transpired. It's like the whole of the universe then started going, ah, excellent. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> you're going to be who you are. Yes. And I met the most incredible people. My business started opening up. I felt like, you know, I could tune in more clearly to people because I wasn't fighting who I am anymore. I just said a hell yeah. And wow. it was so, it took me years. I just, you can see it took me years. Dang, I could have been doing this from a teenager on. But because of how hard it is to be who you really are, it, it is to truly follow your calling because most of our callings, not all, most of our callings I've observed and people I've sat with in my own experience and yours goes against something in our lives and it really is this really profound process of going on your own hero's journey as Joseph Campbell talks about, just saying, you know what, I'm going for it. So I feel like somebody listening to this needs to hear this right now. Absolutely, because I, again, I have complete chill bumps all over my body. And it's so true, right? Like from the second we're born, society has it, like our whole lives planned out or who we're supposed to be. And it's really about being the gypsy witch, being who you truly are, who Paul is, who Natalie is to the fullest expression, right? That's why our souls are here to be who we are to the fullest expression. And even for people listening, we're going to go more into this. I could definitely say that even having sessions with you has really helped me figure out and uncover and dissect, you know, my path and who I am. You really helped me peel off those layers. So I want to say thank you. Yeah. Something else that I find interesting though is, and I've been thinking about this lately, maybe it's because of some of the books that I've been reading is, 10 years ago now, I feel like now though, it's a little bit more mainstream, right? Like um, having astrology reading, people are waking up on a deeper inner level. However, looking back on history, a lot of the you know powers to be in the world, a lot of like, we've had these mystics, but they've all used astrology, right? It's been around for so, 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 so long. It's not a new thing. No, it is the most ancient living tradition that exists. It's existed before all of our, even our religions that exist currently. And I always, that, you know, again, so you can see my theme of, am I being this crazy gypsy witch? And I'm not. When I accept it, it's something normalised. And I went, no, this is a function. This is a role. How can I use this tool of astrology and tarot to really support people to be, happier, more peaceful, more engaged to live their true lives. So again, letting go of, is this, what is it? Allowed it to normalize in a way, allowed it to come into some harmony with humans and get out of the weirdness. But I've really thought about this point. I love your questions. (laughs) It's this oldest living tradition. Well, why? Why are we so connected to it? What is it that humans are experiencing with astrology and I mean it comes in and out of fashion and right now it's totally in fashion that's so so true it really does it's like in out in out like throughout the history of time oh always and it it will go down again it'll you know and it will go in and out and that's human experience that's the world we live in 
But I just feel like there is something in. So for me, Natalie, the planets aren't beaming down rays of, like Saturn doesn't come in at 28 and beam some magical ray on your life. For me, the more I journey with it, the more I, and like the sheer volume of people I've sat with, I'm so fortunate to be able to observe patterns, cycles. Another way to look at that, you could say this is what karma is. You know, karma is these repeating patterns and these cycles that when you step back and seeing so many people go through Saturn returns, so many people go through these cycles, I'm like there's something these planets are connected to in this universe, in our relationship with them that is like this conversation we're having with life. And I also think just when I strip it back and I go, imagine we didn't have technology and we were just looking at the sky, what you'd just be so fascinated and you would just want to understand. So I think it's something bigger than we can comprehend still. Our technology hasn't advanced enough to be able to go, is there something to these patterns and these cycles and are these planets somehow like clockwork, like a big universal celestial magical machine is it all interacting in a way that we can try to read I feel there's something to it I don't fully understand how it works but I know something is going on I've just seen too many of these cycles repeating to just go there's something in it well even based on your point too it's like civilizations that were highly advanced eons you know so long ago they all used they didn't have you know maybe the same technology that we had they had their own specific technologies but they they used astrology like they were looked at the sky and it has been used to advance you know people and to help and to guide in, in civilizations and even tarot even tarot and my going into my next question the moon cycles right because i know now you work with the moon cycles and you have the lunar project that has been yeah. around for so long this isn't just something new that we're discovering. It's almost like the universe is rediscovering, like we are rediscovering this information on a deeper level. So from astrology, how did you go into the lunar project? What was that journey like for you to be like, okay, like not only do I, you know, help people with astrology, read tarot, but really look at the lunar cycles. What was that process like? Well, that actually came along into my world organically and actually mm-hmm. through my clients. And Again, noticing these cycles and patterns, especially eclipses, that's what really started the Lunar Project. Doing years ago, doing these sessions, and I'm like, there's an eclipse coming up, and I could really see in their charts people were showing up, and I could see if they worked with the power of eclipses because for me personally, one of the first really powerful rituals I ever got into was, and I don't mean ritual sacrificing animals or anything, I mean... (laughs) working with an intentional thought in a moment in alignment with nature was with an eclipse and it was a it's a long story I won't I don't need to share that now but it was extraordinary something happened and I it was my first time of going oh wow there is something to this wow and that was during an eclipse life-changing event for me cleared out some really horrible things long story again like fast forward a few years from that experience And I just found myself naturally working with full moon, new moon, going through certain processes and just getting in sync with that cycle personally and feeling how that was enriching my own journey. 
and complementing my own journey. And then, like I was saying before, clients were showing up and I was like, oh, she can just let this go. He could just do this. And I put together an offering to work with a big release, clearing out karma, making a decision, setting intention, making vows and commitments and supported these people on a big journey. Then like a year or so after that, clients were like, hey, you know, I remember one client, bless her, I love her, I've worked with her for years and she's like, Paula, you know how we're doing this like lunar project thing? And I went, hey, can I use that as like a branding? Are you cool with that? Because I think that's what we're doing. She's like, yes. The best and name. It's <laughs> wonderful. It. It's a project and it has been. What developed was working with the lunar phases and the astrology yes. and bringing that together. And because I, I am really mindful of the biggest cycles, mm-hmm. I am weaving all of these factors together, each new moon and full moon to support people to journey with that. So at the moment, the Lunar Project is a live call. Okay. And it is this space where I invite people to journey with me, but I feel like you've got another question. (laughs) No, oh my gosh. I like take everything in. I'm just like, wow. No, it just like brought up something within me too. It's like, as you you study astrology, as we learn tarot, as we learn about more about the moon cycles, it's just so fascinating that it all comes together like a puzzle. Like yeah. you, you can use it all together. It's not, it's not separate. They all work together in unison. To me, it's just so interconnected. It is. And for me, so ritual, ritual is where it all comes together. Yeah. Ritual is where our personal inner work can be enhanced, where astrology makes sense, where our relationship to nature into the natural cycles and being in sync with the universal flow and life force that moves through nature, through everything. Mm-hmm. And so the lunar cycle, well, actually ritual is where for me, just to bring it back to the simplicity of what it all is, again, it's not like sacrificing animals and appeasing some deities and gods and forces outside of us. It is actually a moment where the the actual definition of rituals where you engage in an act that has a meaning that is greater than the act itself. And this is when your life can go to another level. And I always use the example of washing the dishes. I can wash the dishes and be whingy and hate it. Often that's me. (laughs) Or I can engage with it as a ritual. And I don't mean light a candle and pray to the day, like to actually engage with washing the dishes with a greater meaning for that act, which is I actually like to live in a clean, harmonious space. Actually, it brings peace to my life. There's a greater meaning. And then it's not a chore. So ritual can be in every, your whole life can be honestly a ritual where you are not just living in the robotic hustle and bustle survival where you engage with a deeper, greater meaning for your life, which is where religion comes in, spiritual work comes in, philosophy, like what am I really doing here? And so for me, the Lunar Project isn't moon magic. We're not trying to get something from the moon. It's a moment to get in sync with the cycles, with the lunar cycles, and to work with something that our ancestors, all cultures have engaged with the lunar cycle because it's what we can all see 
and it's that 29 and a half day cycle Mm -hmm. and we can cycle and work with life, work with crops, work with each other, have timing points with the moon. But then there's the astrology that we've talked about, weaving that in the bigger cycles all of humanity is moving through and we can bring all of that into a moment, new moon, full moon. New moon, so simple, is about seeding in a new intention because it's the dark of the moon and physically in the sky it's when the moon and the sun are next to each other. So the sun's behind the moon. Mm -hmm. The moon's there. We just can't see it because there's no sunlight. Then the moon comes around for the full moon opposite the sun. It's totally lit up. And the seed we sowed that we planted at the new moon when it's dark and rich and it's like this pure potentiality it's then realized that the full moon it's lit up and the seed is released so that's the esoteric and it goes deeper and deeper but that's the esoteric journey of the lunar cycle so I work with myself my own personal practice and my clients and anyone that's interested in listening to seed in intentions or rejuvenate intentions or for people that have never done it, to stop and go, well, what is the intention of my life? Am I just sure. living or am I stopping and going, what is the purpose of my life? What is the meaning to my life? My Buddhist teachers say, don't try and live a happy life. Live a meaningful life and happiness will matter. And then at the full moon, we release what's in the way of that realisation, even if it's I just want to be happier this month. You <laughs> know, what's in the way Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be big. We don't have to, I don't work on the level of let's manifest a new car. Mm-hmm. I work at it personally at a deeper level of seeding in what are my true values? Do I want to be kinder? Do I want to be wiser? Do I want to have more confidence? Do I want to find my voice more? Do I want to be freer? Do I want to be, have more courage? Mm-hmm. That's how I work. And then I also work with people to observe what's coming up around new moon time. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, if you never stop and look, you never stop and look, right? Like you are a robot. You're just a product of the forces in the universe. Whereas like working with the lunar cycles is an invitation to go, hey, what's actually going on in here? For sure. What, and then you start to pay attention to the world differently. So it actually can be, a spiritual practice, if you want to go there, it is for me. That's non-religious. You don't need to believe in the moon. You don't need to believe in anything. It's a way to be intimate with yourself because the lunar time is internal. Solar is external. Beautiful. Lunar is internal. I could talk more and for hours about this. Oh, you my gosh. Tell- yeah. A few things even come to mind when you were talking about the lunar cycles. It's because even too, like the new moon and the full moon, even just all the cycles in general, they all hold a specific energy, right? That we can work with. And something else that just came to me too was even our lunar cycles go hand in hand with astrology, right? So I'm thinking back in May when we had like the full moon in Scorpio. So you have this full moon of releasing, but then you have that intensity of the water sign of Scorpio. And that was... And it was a total super moon. Oh my gosh, that's right. Eclipse. And a super moon, just if people see it online, if you guys see this, all they're talking about when they say super moon in current times is that the moon is really close Mm -hmm. to Earth and its cycle. So it's got, as we know, the moon, it affects the water. 
yes. on earth. So yes. It's impacting it. So it's closer. So you would, and we are at least 70% water humans. Absolutely. So maybe there is an actual real physical thing going on, but it's just closer. But it was so intense that everybody noticed this regardless of whether you believe in astrology or not. The beauty of my work, Natalie, just to share with you guys, is that most of my clients, not most, not all of my clients are into astrology. They're coming to me for just support and guidance and understanding, not yeah. always astrology. or Your tarot. intuition, because you're an intuitive too. Totally. And so what I've noticed, again, the, the beauty of just working with lots of people is I see people showing up, they don't know astrology, during eclipses, everybody's experiencing. Well, okay, that's not accurate, but the people that show up in it's my true. world, they're like, <laughs> going on so many people i hear and i think people are too in general becoming more aware of the energy and feeling the energy because i can definitely say that time was very intense <laughs> and was. even to your point too of you know we are made of mostly water and the moon cycles yeah. the effects water so deeply even when i was surfing in bali my surf instructor's like oh we we have to wait for the specific moon cycle to occur and that's how i know the waves are the best for us to go out. So he compared the ocean to the moon. It's unbelievable. And so speaking of the moon, astrology, working yes. with astrology and the moon, how has this played a role just really with everything we've experienced, yeah. you know, leading up to 2020, during 2020, the pandemic, and even into now in our present day? So basically in 2020, in March of 2020, there was a configuration connected to big planets of transformation. Like it was huge. It was so big that I know I went to a summit with a group of astrologers. I think it was in 2017 or 18. I, I forget the exact year, but it was years before 2020. And this summit was called Preparing for 2020. So astrologers were looking at these bigger cycles and bigger patterns in the sky. And honestly, this is so true. This is when the last few years has, has been when I go, I've gone deeper into the bigger cycles where I'm like, this is undeniable. So March of 2020, precisely, there was a big configuration that happened in Capricorn and Capricorn in Western astrology represents power structures, the governments, those big institutions that rule over our everyday lives. That started a big process of shifting our relationship to these bigger structures that control our everyday lives in essence. And so that was kicked off. So when we were looking forwards, one of my teachers, I asked him, what do you think will happen in 2020? He said, astrology can't predict exactly what will happen. And he said, put it this way, Paula, when we look back 10 years from now, we will know that this was when it all changed. He said that to Ooh. me. Yeah, yes. he said that. Really, honestly, he said that to me in June of 2019. And I was like, oh, let's see what happens. But what we knew would happen was that our relationship to power would shift, our relationship to governments, governance, bigger financial systems, all of the institutions, institution of money, of education would be challenged, of family, even the institution of till death do us part. You know, I see 
marriage. I see all of these things that we all thought that were supporting us. They made sense, you know, for a long time, but they don't anymore. And to go into another version of Capricorn being challenged, it can also represent patriarchy, Mm -hmm. this patrilineal, top-down, vertical, hierarchical structures that was being challenged. And it has been, Pluto's been moving through Capricorn since 2008 and all of these bigger systems, we all know what happened back then, have been challenged. So that kicked off in March. Now, I could never have predicted that it would be a virus that would come in and challenge all of these systems. And yet that's, that's where my one of my teachers, he said, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know it's going to change. So fast forward to now. Okay. And then in 2021, a particular transit kicked off in January mm-hmm. and it's Saturn Uranus square. Mm-hmm. And not that's, ha- that's happening every roughly 14, 15 years in different ways. I won't go too complex. But in context of where it's happening, the signs, mm-hmm. in context of the greater cycles, and this is something just really quickly, when I read tarot, I don't just read one card. I always read them in context of other cards and I let the story develop. It's the same with astrology. To see Scorpio total lunar eclipse only on its own exclusively, you're missing the context of the times we're in. That's why it was more potent. Again, it can get really complex. Sure. And it's really trying to read cycles upon cycles. But this Saturn Uranus square kicked off. And it is, again, this push-pull between the old tradition Saturn and Uranus, the new traditions, the new paradigms, the new innovative ways to be on Earth. And right now, Uranus, this planet of disrupting out negative stuck old patterns, is moving through the sign of Taurus. And Taurus represents the Earth. Taurus represents resources. Taurus represents how we value things and what we value and why we value what we value. And Uranus has been traveling through that for about three and a half years. I might be wrong around that. I should remember this stuff. And But it's disrupting our resources. We've all noticed yeah. resources, how we get food. Taurus is how we, it's all of the earthly material things has been going through this innovative disruption, you know, and yeah. it's, it's disrupting, but it's shifting. The intention behind it is to shift us out of old patterns that don't serve us anymore. Uranus wants to innovate. It wants to bring in those iterations that, you know, if you keep doing the same things, you'll just keep doing the same things. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Saturn wants to maintain the status quo. Uranus is like, if we do that, we're going to get stagnant and we'll get sick. But they're in this challenging pattern and have been since the beginning of 2021. Thanks, universe. You know, and right. Well, even last year was intense, I feel. It was. It was a weird year. It was. So 2020 kicked off this bigger pattern of we got to change at the shake, rattle, shake at the core, these old power structures. And then last year it was like the push-pull between the old, that tension between two paradigms. It's like, and we can see it. This isn't astrology projecting onto reality now. This is where it's like, and not just my interpretation of this. If you're curious, go Google 
Saturn Uranus square mm-hmm. and you'll see lots of other people are seeing it in the same way. So it's not a projection of mine. But why I'm bringing that up is in October. So usually this only happens three times, these kinds of patterns. But because of the times that we're in, well, not because of this, but there's a fourth square to come this year. It should have finished. Normally this cycle would have ended at the end of last year, three Mm -hmm. hits we had. We've got one more in October. So we're still in this like pressure cooker pattern of the old versus the new and the the tension between these two to bring about a bigger change. I would say to anyone listening, Button down the hatches. I'm not saying all bad things are going to happen. I don't feel that. But just, and this is why I love astrology. This is why I love to share it mm-hmm. because I want to inform myself my, yes. and others to go, well, you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. There is still this big pattern at play. I feel it is a cycle of saying, humans, you can't skip this step. You need to stop and you need to figure it out because if you do not, there's going to be really dire consequences for all of us. We have to shift our relationship to the earth. The old Saturn is going to go, hey, but how, you know, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I want to keep these structures. They've served me. There's a group of humans on this planet right now that the old paradigm served them really, really well. They don't want it to change. But the reality is these patterns, these cycles of astrology are saying you have to innovate or I know this is a bit extreme, but I feel if we don't lean into these cycles, it bodes very badly, very poorly for all of us, the whole human race. I agree. Yeah. And one little quick thing is that Pluto will move into Aquarius and it will go in next year, early next year for a few months. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008, shifting all of these power structures. Mm -hmm. Very quickly, it will go into Aquarius. We'll get a taste of it for the first little bit of next year, and then it will permanently move into Aquarius at the beginning of 2024. Yes. Why this is important for everybody. So Aquarius rules humanitarianism. Aquarius is about the internet, World Wide Web, the greater connection. And Aquarius is also connected to politics. Mm -hmm. So I would say because Pluto goes in and disrupts and brings out the shadow with an intention of rejuvenating what it's moving through, and it will be in Aquarius for at least a decade, years, and it's going to really start dredging up the shadow. So we've had the shadow dredged up with corporations and companies and institutions of power. Then it's going to be where's the shadow in politics? Where's the shadow in the internet? Yep. Where's the shadow in the misuse of power with these platforms? It's going to be interesting. And with the intention of rejuvenating equity, humanitarianism, equity, not equality, we're going to really look at the shadow of we should all be equal. We're not all equal. But that doesn't mean we have to have these weird, you know, class divisions. Mm-hmm. Pluto's going to unearth all of this stuff. It's going to be a very interesting time. And one last little thing, by 2024, mm-hmm. 2025, Pluto's in Aquarius, things are shifting, but the bigger outer planet transits, they all move into air and fire signs. Wow. They've been in earth and water. So there's going to be a very big, 
you know, it's like the the context that we move through. That's the mm-hmm. outer planet. They're the bigger generational, social, bigger cycles we all move through. That's why these planets are really important to watch, to kind of go, is it raining outside or is it sunny? You know, it's like, do I need an umbrella today or not? It's kind right. of knowing that gives you an option to navigate it more consciously. But it's a big shift in my feeling, my intuition, is that humanity will feel very, very different by 2025, 26, 27. I feel that we're going to see big innovations with technology to start helping us address out the imbalances of our relationship to the earth, climate, politics. Yeah. And do honestly, and I am not a positive or a negative person. I try to be in the middle. I feel positive about it. A lot of astrologers won't. I'm not a positive astrologer, but I'm also what's the potential, Natalie? Like what's possible? Because I do believe that we are all dreaming this story in together. And I do believe, and what I've observed is that the Pluto transforming our relationship to the power structures and patriarchy is that, oh, I don't just have to let the government tell me how to think. I don't, I don't, I can't just trust naively without critically thinking the doctor, the teacher, that all these humans I've been told are super powerful people. They're just people. This is why conspiracy is going so crazy. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm also seeing that that Papa God, you know, please look up oh, to for me, sure. is breaking down. Exactly. And so my little personal <laughs> interpretation of what's coming is that's breaking down and that's why I said before there's these people that are like, they're out to get us, they're not out to get us. We just need to wake up individually and go, oh, my goodness, I am also responsible for the outcome of earth, for the yes. outcome of politics work. I need to vote. I need to know who I'm voting for and why. Yet I am co-creator, not a little baby that Papa Bear is going to look after. I think it's a big shift. And my sense is by 2026, we will have this sense of we're all in this together more. I'm not saying there won't be people on weird power trips. Of course there will be. But this general collective story is going to go through a massive, massive shift. That is incredible. And I think that's so, so valuable just for myself and everybody listening. And just to dissect everything that you've yeah. you know shared with us too, yeah. going back, I guess, to this year, right? We have this unique event again happening in October. How can we best prepare for that? So A, knowing, listening, looking, going, okay, And for people that aren't convinced about these cycles, Mm -hmm. just take a step back and have a look, you know, see what I'm saying is true. But I guess, you know, people could go, well, she's just saying that because it's what is. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Just do a bit of research. If you're a little bit curious, go and have a look. So to me, being aware that these cycles are playing out helps me lean into it, Natalie. It helps me go, all right. That's what we have to do, right? Lean into it. Yep. And Uranus in Taurus can also bring volatility. Mm -hmm. Uranus to Taurus, resources, money, stock markets, crypto, all those things. I'm not into financial astrology. There are great people that are. I can't recommend anyone specific. Mm -hmm. 
but just going, hey, this is going to be a crazy story for a bit. So then how can I best prepare? And I would say inner sovereignty, get out of the chaos, come back, work with your inner world, listen to your inner intuition, your inner wisdom, because it's everybody can access the truth within. The truth is inside, not out there. Yeah, It's not go in and practice working with your inner world and coming back to sovereignty and getting out of the chaos because it's not going to settle down out there and it's going to happen and recognise that we do affect the world. If we can bring ourselves into more alignment with ourselves, with our inner wisdom, with what we're here to bring forth, we do impact the world we're in. We at least impact the next person we're going to speak to because they'll feel a shift in us. So get out of the chaos, go within, know that these bigger cycles are happening. Think critically. Don't just take, but don't get paranoid. Don't, they're not trying to eat us and babies Mm -hmm. and kill us all. I really, maybe there's some people on earth that think this way, but come on, we're stronger than that. The species of this human race We are survivors and we need each other and we don't need to live in fear. The only thing to fear is fear itself. And a way to get internal and get into that inner wisdom, work with the lunar cycle. It's a way. But if you've been curious, just sit at the new moon, write down your intentions. What do you want? And then notice what that is. You might go, I did not even want that. And a simple little ritual write it down and then burn it, release it, let it go into the field and feel it going out as a seed. And then at the full moon, sit down and write down what you're sick of, what you're done with, what you're scared of, what you want to release and get stronger inside yourself and burn it. And then know that this year, so really quickly, this year, again, October, look, it's not going to just be at a certain point in October, we're mm-hmm. building up the pressure cooker. Right. You can kind of feel it. I feel like you can kind of, I kind I, of feel it. I'm yeah. I'm feeling something. I keep hearing people say, so I can feel something's coming. Yes. You know, And it's like, okay, so if we feel that, to me, keep surrendering it. Don't get too caught up in it because the mind will get scared. But at the end of the year, we have another round of big eclipses that will complete. So eclipses come every six months. So they're normal, they're happening all the time, but this one will complete or it's complementing the big ones we just went through that we were talking about earlier. So when those eclipses come up, there could be more disruptions to a lot of these things we've talked about, a lot of these themes. But yeah, just really, seriously, truly, it's going to amplify outside the media, the fear, go within, get involved, get into a meditation, go into nature. It doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be where we walk your dog, hug your kids, hug your friends, eat good food, mm-hmm. get into the sun. It's going to be all right. <laughs> I, that is honestly the best advice that <laughs> so I think that we can take away from this. And I, I think the yeah. best advice in general just because too, as you mentioned, we've gone through so much change and, and change is very, very uncomfortable, especially yeah. for 
maybe part of the collective that it worked very well, the old structures and they had their routine and didn't really have to think much. And then boom, what happens? Everything changes and it changes not just personally, but it changes on an energetic level of globally. Like even I've had clients be like, Natalie, time is speeding up. Time is speeding up. Like time has shifted, which is a whole other aspect, but with everything going around with our external, the best thing that we can do is go inwards. And I think that's even what COVID maybe taught a lot of us too, because we've had this time that we didn't have before to go inwards and to know that we can, we do affect the planet as a whole. And we do have the power to change. And we're so powerful. We are. We are co-creators of this reality, not in some mystical cosmic way. We actually are. We do vote in the political parties. You know, we do have power. But like to your point, Natalie, embrace the change. As the old structures are breaking down and you're seeing the rubble, look up and look for the cracks where the new paradigms are coming in, new technology, new ways of distribute us oh, so this is also pluto and aquarius yeah and i feel pluto and aquarius is going to really usher in the age of aquarius and i don't mean some big cosmic thing but there's a new way of humans operating together that it is about the fairer not equal fairer distribution of wealth knowledge and power you know we can see blockchain technology transparency it's already in the works. It's This is the age of Aquarius starting to trigger. It doesn't come all in at once. It's cyclical and it comes in waves. But embrace the change. You know, if you, if we, if I can't handle change, I will suffer because a fundamental reality is change. Change is inevitable, but you suffering change is optional. Lean into it. Stop being scared. Surrender your fear. And then open up and go, well, what is cool about what's happening? Like, yes. look for it. It's there. People are doing good stuff. The old media story is still owned by some of these old patriarchal forces. Absolutely. So they're going to run the narrative of fear and even the extreme swing to they're all trying to kill us. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I mean, I hope I'm not wrong. I could be, but I don't feel that I am. But look for the magic that's coming. Look for the innovation. Look for the the people that care about each other, the humanitarians. Look for it. It's there. It's so there. It's so true because you, you can even say, like, look at the last, like, two, there's, there's so much to come, I feel. But yeah. look at the last few years. And even though as a collective, we've all gone through some really, really challenging times there's so many of us and I've, I've clients tell me this that are just like, I yeah. feel like I'm a different person. Yes. What, you, what we've gone through. Right. And that's yeah. what we have to do. We have to go ahead and you know, hone into our inner world, our spirituality, whatever that means for us and go inwards and yeah. to work with the moon cycles, work with astrology yeah. and just to be the best person that we can and to allow yeah. ourselves to shut out the noise. And I think to really be discerning, I think yeah. that's like a huge one is like being discerning what we're seeing, like you said, critical on the news, thinking. critical yeah. thinking, even on social media, we're getting blasted with all this different stuff on social media and it's very overwhelming. <laughs> so it it's is. about being discerning. I agree. And, you know, to that point about time changing, time isn't changing. It's our experience of it. 
because we are being bombarded with so much. Yeah. So take breaks from it. Again, go into nature, you know, yes. getting into the rhythms. Yeah. Uranus and Taurus, our relationship to resources and what we value. Yeah. Like people are saying, I don't want to sit in my car for three hours a day. I don't want to work 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I can bring like so many of my clients, like I'm more productive when I work from home. Why do I need mm-hmm. to go into the office? So again, this is all of these themes that COVID came in and said, how's that really working for you? You know, exactly. how is that really working? And sure, we're going to look back and go, maybe we didn't need to do this. And people are going to critique how the world approached this, but I don't care on one level. I don't care because it has served a purpose to disrupt us, to pattern interrupt us because where we were going was destroying the planet. It was destroying us, families. It was already eroding life on earth. So it's come in and gone, enough of this, stop it, go home, be with your kids, bake some goddamn bread, Yeah, you know. <laughs> you don't have to always be out spending, spending, spending. Just sit. With you, with life, come home, come back to the basics and then let's go out again in a new way. So this is honestly, love, what the astrology in a way predicted, not that it predicted the exact, but the essence, the changes, the cycle. Absolutely, absolutely. And I do, as you mentioned too, there is positive things to come. And on that note, I know we're wrapping up and everyone listening is probably like, I want to book a session and I can definitely attest. I've known, I've known Paula now for almost five years and I've had a few readings with Paula and I can look back on those readings and I'm really astonished. And even just having the reading with you, as I mentioned a few months ago has really helped me and guided me. So thank you, but I would love for you to share your website, social, social handles, anywhere we can find you. So my website is www still say that (laughs) i say that too (laughs) (laughs) oh so like programmed in it is soulfulguiding.com and that is my instagram is also at soulfulguiding so it's really simple and i do a monthly astrology snapshot so you can actually go to soulfulguiding.com click on monthly astrology it's just called astrology snapshot okay and you can Subscribe, and I send out every month a free email just to my to anyone that's subscribed, giving a snapshot mm-hmm. of the coming lunar month. So I do it with the lunar cycle, not the calendar month. And I do a little video on Insta if you're just that's how you absorb content like me. But it's really cool, and I give like the themes and the patterns and what the new and full moon is with regard to astrology. So you can stay connected to these themes that I've been speaking to whilst we journey through the next, you know, mm-hmm. really big patterns on earth. It's still a lot more to come. Not, I'm not saying be scared. I really right. hope people aren't scared, but to be forewarned, be forearmed. Do you need an umbrella in October or do you need some sage or you know, yes. some, <laughs> some Palo Santo <laughs> incense? So, that's well, me. I get yeah. woo. So. <laughs> I thank you so much. What we're going to do too, Paula, is I'm going to put all your social handles, your website on our show notes. So that way, if someone wants to book a reading with you, whether they want to sign up for the Lunar Project and you know subscribe to your email list, they can do so. The Lunar Project is a live event. You oh, can just, right. Yeah, you can just sign up to journey with me. It's a, it's a one and a half hour call 
more than 15 minutes and you'll get a recording if you don't if you can't be there for the live where I go through what the major themes are of that full moon and then I take us through a guided journey to go deep with the themes and to go through a beautiful process of working with letting go or healing or releasing so it's and it's not expensive it's just jump on and like I said you can get the recording if you don't want to do the live Perfect. Well, thank you. I'll make sure to add all your handles in the show notes for everyone who wants to join your sessions, book a reading. And I just want to say thank you so much. It's been such a valuable conversation to have with you today. And as always, it's just great to chat with you in general and to see you. Yeah, I've loved it too. Thank you so much. It's been such a delight and I really hope there's some good stuff to really inspire anyone listening. I really, really pray that happens. There is for sure. Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into today's episode. Please make sure to visit thenowwithnot.com for more information on how you can step into your own power and ignite the transformation from within. Here you can also download a free 10-minute guided meditation. Have an amazing rest of your day, and until next time, namaste.